Life gets hard. Difficult situations happen every day. Your job is to rise to the occasion and press forward anyway. You can't let anything stop you. Remember that a person without self-discipline is like a city with no walls. It's defenseless against attack. So stay calm. Don't give up. You can do this. Be patient. Impress. Welcome to The Edge, folks. Let's get sharp. You can stay muted and stuff. It's just going to be the audio, y'all. That's all right. All right. So what I what I saw for myself, and this is the word that God keeps giving me, is like, you got to press, Rebecca. Like, you have to continue to press. Um, and press is an act or instance, an instance of applying force or weight to something. Um, I love everything that you all shared because it's, it hits you individually, but it makes sense for the whole. And that's what I love about God. Um, but it just, it actually took me back to 2018, right? And so this scripture popped into my head was uh, Philippians 3, 13 through 14, <laughs> pressing towards the goal. That's exactly what I saw in my head. And so 13 was, says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. 14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ is calling us. So in the physical, the press journey may look like the scene that we just watched from courageous, but in the spirit, what God showed me was your press before him, for father, son, and Holy spirit. It looks more like a, a beautiful procession of flowers being laid. Um, on an aisle in preparation for the entry of a bride and the bride being the church. So in the spirit, it looks like every time you push a little further, you're laying down more flowers and preparing the way for the king, right? So what I saw um, in, this, in this vision was I saw the press being the flowers being laid and in the back was the bride waiting to walk down and with God the Father in her arm, on her arm to escort her down. And then Jesus was the groom at the end of the aisle and the Holy Spirit was the minister to co connect the covenant and make the covenant complete. Um, Mom says, say it again. So what I saw <laughs> was um, our press was the flowers preparing the aisle. And in the back is the bride waiting and ready to um, walk down the aisle with God the Father uh, in her arm to escort her down. Jesus is the groom waiting at the end of the aisle. And the Holy Spirit is the minister prepared to connect the covenant. Um, so our press prepares the way for the king, which is one of the reasons that we, we worship to that song today. Um, but we have to remember the order of the press. So verse 13, Philippians says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, 
forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. So that in that verse, it shows us it's in order, in order for us to focus on our necessary one thing, which is told to us in verse 14, that there are two prerequisites. So if you have that up in front of you or on your phone, that verse, can someone tell me what the two prerequisites of focusing on the one thing are? Mm -hmm. Please unmute and share or type in the chat. What are the two prerequisites? Um, forgetting those things which are behind and don't count yourself to have arrived already. Mm-hmm. Chima, did you have something different that you wanted to share? I'm gonna mute you then. Okay, go team. Um, so forgetting the past is one. Correct, mommy. Great job. Ding, 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 ding. You win. A high five and a hug. Um, and looking forward to what lies, looking forward is your is your second prerequisite. And the prerequisite is just um, something that happens as a prior condition for something else to happen or to exist. Um, so this just reminded me that God is a good parent. And he's not just going to give us like his children something just because they want it. He's going to make sure that you're able and prepared to steward the gift well. So he said, yeah, your focus is in verse 14. But before you can even get to the focus, you need to do something. You need to forget the past. You have to let it go. And you're going to have to look forward. So when, when we say forgetting the past, it's not like, not remembering that it ever happened to you. What I mean by forgetting the past, it's you, you can acknowledge that that thing happened to you and grieve it because the wound that happened to your heart, it mattered. But then we have to let it go. And let it go means no longer allowing the hurt from then to slow down now forgetting the past. So in Hebrews 12, one, in the midst of it, it says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. In another version, Amplify, it says, stripping off every unnecessary weight. NIV says, let us throw off everything that hinders. And my favorite is the, um, the passion translation. It says, so we must let go of every wound that has pierced us. I say it again, because it's just, we must let go of every wound that pierced us. That's part, that's forgetting the past. And this is way, this is right before he says, and cast off every sin that so easily tangles us up. Before we even cast off sin, we have to strip off those things that slow us down. And what God was I'm trying to tell y'all, I had a completely different message that I prepared like a week ago. And then I worked on again yesterday. And then this morning I had to press myself to get to this. So go Jesus. Um, so what he taught me was that forgiveness is the, the real key to forgetting the past. And there, there's two points that have helped me in forgiving others and forgiving myself. Um, 
And so this is what we'll do. I'm going to read three different scriptures and I want you to tell me the reoccurring theme. So I need everybody to listen. Three verses I'm going to read and you guys are going to tell me the reoccurring theme that you keep hearing. You ready? Do, 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 do. Uh, uh, uh. That's my theme song. Welcome to the game show. First scripture is Ephesians 4, 32. And it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as Christ God, just as in Christ, God forgave you. That's one. The second is Matthew 6, 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Second, I mean, that was the second one. And our third one, wrapping it all up, is Colossians 3, 13, which says, Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you have a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. So somebody unmute, type it in the chat. What is the reoccurring theme in those three verses that I just read? Forgiveness. Mm-hmm. What type of forgiveness? That was excellent, Lena. Thank you. There was a there was a bump as bump forgive as god has forgiven you forgive as god has forgiven you forgive as you have been forgiven and i think sometimes as people i'm sorry ding 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 mom you get 10 points you can't answer anymore though lena you get um three quarters of the points because forgiveness was the key to it excellent job darling um you get an air high five and hug because you're in another country okay but the love is coming your way um i think sometimes we have more mercy for ourselves than we do for other people um because we know our intention and we know our heart and we know what we meant to meant to convey um but we don't always give that same grace or in that same space and that same mercy for other people so we can hold on to this grudge to this hurt to other people for what they did to us and then turn to god and say god please forgive me for this you know my heart, God. I just, I didn't mean to, but I really need your forgiveness. And in all three of these verses, God specifically says, just forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. And then forgive, your, your heavenly father will also forgive you. You forgive others, he'll forgive you. Forgive as the Lord forgave you specifically in all three. So in order to be forgiven, God said, you do it too. I didn't forgive just for you. I forgave for all. So when we forgive others, it frees us, yes, one, but we're also um, showing the love and the grace and the mercy of Christ. That's what he came to. He was our, our living example when he was here. So when we forgive as we've been forgiving, we're passing that gift on to the next person. And that's what this, this is all about. 
And so that was the first thing that I learned about forgiveness. And I was like, okay, God, yeah, I'd really want you to forgive me. So it's the least that I can do is to forgive other people when they make mistakes, just like I make mistakes. Do you know what I mean? I feel the same way about sin. I can't judge anybody else's sin just because you, you sin differently than I do. Okay. I'm not going to judge yours because I don't want you to say nothing about mine. I'm going to take mine directly to the father because I need him. Okay. But I will pray for you and I will love you. And if, you know, you want to have a conversation about something, that's something different. But I refuse to judge you and yours because you sin differently than I do. Um, the second thing that I learned was that forgiveness is a choice, not a feeling. That freed me because I would say I forgive somebody, but my emotions didn't catch up to it. So I thought I didn't forgive that person if that makes sense. So I've, I've been reading this book called Captivating and there's three quotes from there that really helped me. The first is what I just said, forgiveness is a choice, it's not a feeling. It says, don't try to feel forgiving. It is an act of the will. The next quote is, don't wait to forgive until you feel like forgiven, you will never get there. Don't wait to forgive until you feel like forgiven. You will never get there, right? And then the third was feelings take time to heal after the choice to forgive is made. Feelings take time. That's why um, sometimes we have to be obedient and you're in, just be obedient quick. Because if you, if you wait on it, your, your thoughts will catch up with you and then you'll stop. So if you're obedient first and you just do it, your emotions are going to catch up with you eventually, but you were already obedient. <laughs> so when you have this moment, like, who was that the right, you did it already. You were already obedient to what God asked you to do and your feelings will get over it. And I think something that we need to remember is that our feelings don't run us. They can, if you allow them to but we have authority over our feelings. There are so many times I'm sitting at work and people don't, people at the job, they don't really know, but um, I might be getting real annoyed. It might be too many people around me. I'm trying to do something. And I'm like, oh girl, you, I really just want to tell everybody, please move, go back into your offices, please. I'm trying to do something. I'm, I feel myself working and I tell myself, girl, you better get that together. Okay. This ain't about how you feel right now. This is about completing the task at hand, okay? And the task at hand is this. You have, we have authority over our feelings. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in a moment that everything comes out. But we're not little kids who have permission to give temper tantrums. Like we have to grow up in this thing. So take a beat, have that real consistent conversation with Lord. Like I pray at my desk often, okay? Like, I feel like I'm from often, I feel like I was from New York for a second. Often I pray at my desk. They do too much. It's a spirit of confusion in here. I bind that, get off of me, get out this office in Jesus name. Oh, there's a spirit of sadness in here. Uh-uh, we break that up. We give this spirit of joy in Jesus name. Mm -mm, often they go in there and I'm in, the, I'm in the office by myself. I pull out the oil from my desk. I touch every door. I touch every desk. I touch every mailbox. I touch every drawer that the kids' files are in. Because if I'm here, I'm not here just to cover myself. I'm here to cover this building. We're our light wherever we go. 
that's a part of forgetting the past. A part of forgetting the past is serving someone else. It gets your attention off of you. Serving is not about you. It sharpens you, it prepares you, but that helps you forget the past. It helps you let go of, you know what? Let me, let me, I can't, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really too focused on myself right now. Let me get somewhere so I can serve. Who can I help? Who can I get, purchase a meal for? Who can I go and spend some time with? Who can I serve? It doesn't have to be something major. You know what? She's doing this, 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 and that. The, you know what I can do? I can go in there and I can cover this one section for her. She can sit down for five minutes and teach me, but serve somebody else. Get your focus and your attention off of you. And you'll find out in the midst of that, that God will come see about you. Because that's the God we serve. He's a servant leader. While he was leading, he was serving others. He was serving his disciples. He was serving the people. And as he continued to serve, God would refresh him. Amen. So our second thing was looking forward. So looking forward is having the faith to believe that everything that God said about you in his word and to you individually and through other people will come true. It will come true. It will come to pass. Looking forward is leaving our hearts and our minds and our souls open to pour out before the father and open to receive what he desires for us. That's what looking forward is. John 4, 23 through 24 says, but the time is coming. Indeed, it's here now when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and in truth. The father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit. So those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So I was having this conversation with my brother, AKA Pastor Mike, and he shared that to worship is in spirit is having the ideas, dreams, and goals that are given to us. To worship in truth is producing these as reality. So God wants us to worship in spirit and in truth, right? That's a part of looking forward. If we're worshiping in spirit, yeah, God, I got this idea that you've given me. I have this dream that I can see. I have these goals that you're, you're giving me, but we don't produce it in truth. God, how do I get these from heaven to earth? Because God needs people to move in the earth. He set that up intentionally. He won't move without some hands and feet to help him. So if you're giving me the idea in spirit, it's my truth, it's my, it's my job to worship you in truth and make these things and produce these things as reality. Not by my own hands, but by opening up my heart and saying, God, what you said this? Okay, God, I can make a plan. Is this plan good, God? You gotta acknowledge him in every step. Is it Was this good? Tweak this and okay, let me go ahead back to drawing board. Tweak this and this, huh? Sign up for class. Okay, let me sign up and take a class about this, God. I can do that. 
producing these as reality. So the scripture is saying to worship in spirit and in truth. Sometimes we get truth and we just go out and try to do stuff, but there was no God-given idea behind it. Sometimes we have a God-given idea and we sit on it and we don't do anything with it. If you have skills, use them, use them. have a dream go for it and this is really me talking to me y'all I'm sick of sitting on what God has called me to do I'm sick of it I refuse to do it God you've given me dreams you give me ideas you've given me visions for where I, that I can look ahead and I can see um it feels like clearly but I don't know the next step he said keep that in front of you Keep that vision in front of you and then make steps accordingly. It's not this whole big rock that we have to do. It's little pebbles. So don't get overwhelmed by the big vision. God says, producing these things as a reality, I'm not going to throw the whole bank at you. I'm not going to do that. I'm a good parent. Just like you have to crawl before you walk and then you walk before you run. And then when you learn the in-between, then you can learn how to hop. You can learn how to skip. There's steps to this. He's a good parent. He's not going to overwhelm you with something. He's going to say, okay, make a flyer, post a flyer, sign out space, prepare a lesson, teach one class, teach two classes. Let's try six weeks. Okay. Now this, there are steps to looking forward, but we need to worship and learn how to and desire to worship God in spirit and in truth. So then we press and the press is keeping the vision, the spirit of what God has given us when our eyes are closed in front of us. That is our driving force to take that next step, to pick up the next pebble and add it to our pile. Okay, so 14, after we've, you know, did our prerequisites, then we're going to focus on our one thing. And what's our one thing? It's I press. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. We press to reach the end of the race. There's this quote from Dr. Miles Monroe that said, Make it in, making it to the end of the assignment is more important than the assignment. That blew my mind. Making it to the end of the assignment is more important than the assignment itself. We know, I know I have started many things, but there are a few things that I've finished. Many people begin the process, but few will finish it to completion. And God's about completion. God is a finisher. But what I'm doing right now, in the name of Jesus, I'm declaring over all of us that we will be purposed fulfilled. ED, completed, a done thing. We will choose intimacy with God as our priority. And we will walk in obedience and say yes to the process of the press. In Jesus' name, that's what I'm declaring over all of us. Purpose fulfilled. That means when I take my last inhale, exhale on this awesome earth, awesome planet, when I get up and I say, what's up, Jesus? What's up, daddy? How you doing? I get to actually see you up here in heaven. He's going to be like, Rebecca Sharice, everything, 
you did everything I purposed for you to do. You did everything I had was my preference for you. You obeyed, you did this, you, you died empty. Everything I gave you was left on earth for hopefully somebody else to pick up and continue it. Purpose fulfilled. I'm a big to-do person and to-do list. So I feel like I see it's my name and you got a whole bunch of lists and I got like a, like a nice green check mark. To done. Rebecca Sheree Savage, to done. That's what I want to see. Okay. So the next part is the purpose of the press. And God gave me this and I was like, oh, that's kind of deep, Jesus. So he told me the purpose of the press is to produce a concentrated solution in its most potent and effective form. I was like, oh, come on, Holy Spirit. Again, the purpose of the press is to produce a concentrated solution in its most potent and effective form. God is looking to get the greatest glory for himself. So the process gets us to our most effective form for the biggest impact. Isaiah talks about that there will be beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. The press produces. Your broken places given and placed in God's hands will produce beauty. It will produce an oil of joy. It will produce a garment of praise. You give him heaviness, he'll give you praise. You give him mourning, he'll give you joy. You give him ashes, God is, is dead. He said, I'll give you new, not, new life and I'll make it beautiful. The purpose produces oil. Psalms 92.10 says, but my horn you have exalted like a wild ax. I have been anointed with fresh oil. So I recently learned at a conference that fresh oil has a short, short shelf life. So when you have it, you have to use it. The anointing on your life is expensive. Everything you went through, everything you already pressed through, it's expensive. But here's the thing. We have to use the oil for this assignment. Don't hold it for the assignment because you'll need fresh oil for that. The oil you have now is for the assignment God has given you today. The oil you'll need then is going to be fresh oil for when you get over there. I just... I want y'all to understand this process. In order to get extra virgin olive oil, E-V-O-L, which is the purest grade, olives had to have to go through a minimum of two, oftentimes three pressings. And I'm just gonna read. What does a pressing look like? It looks like harvesting, period of gathering in crops, then there's a grinding or a beating. Then there's a crushing. Then there's a press of the olives to extract the oil juice. But remember, for the purest grade of olive oil, they have to go through this thing two to three times. So after they get pressed, they go back to the beating. Then they go back 
to the crushing. Then they go back to the press, repeat it again, because the, the best ones get it done three times. They go back to the grinding. They go back to the crushing. They go back to the pressing. Then when all the extract of the oil juice is out, they go through the decanting process, which is generally just when you gradually pour out the liquid from one container into another, specifically without disruption. So if you bump it, it throws off the decanting. Then you go to quality control, which is all about maintaining standards and is qualified by, by testing. Then you get packed up and distributed out to the people. So when we're praying and asking God, hey, Lord, I want to go from faith to faith. I want to go from glory to glory. Each new faith and each new glory needs the process of fresh oil for the most effective impact. Each, each new one, God, I want to go from faith to faith. I want to go from glory to glory. And he's like, okay, we can do that. But every time you want to go from faith to faith and then glory to glory and then purpose to purpose and assignment after assignment, you're going to have to go through this process of being harvested and being ground or beaten and then crushed and then pressed. And then if you want to be really pure in that, you're going to go through steps two, three repeatedly. Then you're going to have to be decanted. Then you have to go to quality control. You're going to go back to packaging and then you can be distributed out in the purest form for the greatest impact. If we want to be used, we have to continually go through the process of the press. So I want you to keep that image of that, of the video we started out with from Courageous because the press is not easy, but it's worth it. It strengthens us. It removes insecurities. It, it, it removes impurities from us. It's saying, God, I, I want you again. I'm thirsty for you again. I'm hungry for you again. I'm coming to you again. God, you're my priority. You're all that I need. God, you can take everything else from me. God, I just want you. That's what the process of the press does. So we're going to pray. And then I'm going to say amen. Go team. So Father, we just come before you, God. We thank you. Okay, he just showed me something else. All right, if everybody can see me, put your hands up in the air, even if you don't have your camera on. Put your hands up in the air. Shake, shake, shake your wrist out. Shake your other wrist out. I'm gonna do a little, you know, press, you know, stretch your wrist out. I just wanna make sure you're good. Not on my part, we're gonna have nice, well oily rest, okay? Now I want you to put two hands. If you don't have a table in front of you, put them on your lap. I have a table in front of me. I want you to put them flat on the table in front of you. I don't know if you can see, see my hands. No, that's too much. Tight on the table in front of you. And I want you to press, push down on your hands. Okay? Now I want you to lean forward and I want you to push down just a little bit more so you feel that tension in your wrist and you feel your, your muscles start in your arms start to kind of shake a little bit. You feel that? Press. Another moment. Press. You feel that tension? Okay, release. Now I want you to put your hands right in front of you. And I know there's nothing physically in front of you, but I want you to use that same tension in your wrists and that same tension in your arms. And I want you to press in front of you. Press 
Now I'm pressing really hard and you can see my hands shaking. Press, put that tension into it, press. Like something's fighting against you, press. You can see my hands shaking. That's how hard the tension is for me right now, right? Relax. Now, just because you don't have something physical like this table to take the pressure or weight of your press, it doesn't mean that it's not significant. It's the same weight, it's the same needed pressure, it's the same needed push when you're in the spirit. Let that be a reminder to you. This table was made to handle my press. You are made to handle this season. You can press, you can make it. And the goal is not to make it to the 50. The goal is not to make it to the 60 or the 70. The goal is to finish all the way through to the tape. Because everything that you need is in you. Stop looking over here for your, for your help. Stop looking to the left and to the right and down and around over here. Well, if this person supports me, if this person hops on, you, don't, you need Jesus. And he will send the right people to you. He will put the right people in your life. Don't you go begging for somebody else's attention because you don't need it. What you need is to press into the last thing that God gave you to do. I, for the longest time, felt like the black sheep of my family because I didn't understand where I was meant to be. I said, my parents can do this. My brothers can do this. My grandma can do this. My aunties can do this. God, why did you put me here? Why? And because I didn't understand my identity, because I didn't understand my purpose, I allowed the spirit of, of suicide and depression and the threats of taking my own life take over for a long season. I kept fighting, but it was hard. I didn't understand. It didn't click that I had authority to fight those things. Your press matters because honestly, y'all, in all true transparency, I thought I was fighting a rigged fight. I thought inevitably I was going to kill myself, y'all. That's just the reality of it. I thought at some point, God, I'm going to lose this battle in my mind and I'm not going to be here no more. And I was okay with that. But because we serve a good, good God, he saw past what I felt about myself and he saw what I could be. He saw what he put inside of me in seed form. So every day that I wake up and y'all might ask me like, how does she, how is she so, because I'm grateful every day because if it was up to me, I would not be here. So every day I get to wake up and I do an inhale, exhale. I'm like, God, what can I do for you? What can I give to you, God? You're worthy. I love you. I honor you. I don't care about anything else, God. I just want you. Thank you for keeping me here. Thank you for the people who pray for me in the depths of my struggle. God, you want me to do this? Okay, I might need a minute, but okay. I'll do it. I will go with my knees shaking, but I will be courageous and I will press towards the mark of the, I will be purpose fulfilled. 
it's my reasonable service. It's the least I could do because I wouldn't be here. If it was up to me, I would have been gone. I wouldn't have been able to meet so many beautiful people or talk to so many beautiful children or be able to love on them. But God showed me me and he said, you're not broken. I see you. He said, I hear you. I can, you are enough. You are worthy. Not because of what other things have happened to you because you're my daughter, because you love me and I love you. There's nothing else that can change that. There's nothing else that can separate you. He loves us. So press, it's our reasonable service. Worship him in spirit and truth. If he brought you to it, if he put it in you, it should be your due diligence to get it out of you. There are generations who are waiting, who are hungry, who are thirsty for what's in your hands, but you refuse to give it to them because you're worried about you, about what you will look like. I am a plus size dancer. You don't think that runs through my mind every time I get up there, but it's not about me. When I get up there, it's not about me. God, you gifted me in this way. You've gifted me to sing. I'm a sing. You've gifted me with administration. I'm an administrate. You gifted me to lead. I'm a lead. You gifted me to love. I'm a love. You gifted me to encourage. I'm an encourage. Because it's not about what I look like. It's about the glory getting to the Father. And when you live your best, best, best life, when you live humbly before the Father, and that's not shutting yourself off, but it's taking up all the space that God has created for you to have. You inspire the ones attached to your hands. I've been inspired by so many people on this line live because of you walking in what God called you to do. Whether it was this step of obedience that you took and I was like, ah, she did it. Maybe I can do it too. That's what God's called us to. He's so faithful, y'all. All right, I'm really done for real. Um, so let's pray out. Go, Jesus. He's faithful, huh? Glory to God. So God, we love you. We honor you. We adore you. You are a good, 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 good father. You are holy. You are consistent. You are never changing. We thank you for loving us. We thank you for seeing us. We thank you for hearing us. And we thank you for adopting us into your family, God. Nothing can separate us from your love. Nothing can separate us from your mercy. Nothing can separate us from your grace, God. Teach us how to focus on you. Teach us how to consistently make you our priority. Father, we just want you. God, we surrender our lives to you. Take the keys to our car, God. You can drive. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, yay. I'm done. I'm gonna stop the, stop in the What is up, good people? This is Mike Savage, and I wanted to come on and personally thank you for listening to my podcast. Do me a favor. 
If you enjoyed it, give it five stars. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. If you want to keep up with my content, follow me on Instagram at Razor's Edge underscore podcast and on Facebook at Savage Lifestyle Solutions. If you want to reach me or book me to speak, reach out to me by my email address, michaelsavagespeaks at gmail.com. I love you and I look forward to hearing from you.